This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. How you doing, Jason Glick? I'm doing just fine, John. Yourself? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Not good to know. Well, what do you have on tap for us tonight? Well, it's like I have um, one of the, It's like, I don't I'm not sure I want to say like influential or recognizable or important um, figures in comics history because, you know, even if this guy doesn't have like the. Uh, it's like the breadth of work as say like uh, Garth Ennis, Neil Gaiman, or Warren Ellis, like or like you know the sheer importance of someone like say Alan Moore. Uh, this is a guy who has done more to advance um, the recognition of comics as a legitimate art form. It's like in it's like in the general public than than any of these artists. And that would be um, Scott McCloud. Now, McCloud, um, it's like he, it's like with one book he managed to basically. Um, like advance the idea that hey, that you know, comics—they are not just like a genre of literature; they are an actual medium, and that would be his his landmark, um, nine, see, um, nineteen ninety four work, um, understanding comics, and um, I'm just jumping right in here, and um, it's you know, you know, before that he had done some work, primarily Zot, which I'll, which I'll get to in a second, but understanding comics was um, basically the series. Basically, he beca- the the um, work that he became known for. It's like as soon as it, almost as soon as it came out, because it basically broke down like every every aspect every aspect of comics. Just you know what, how do you how do you define it? You know what does um, sequential art mean? And how do and how do we how do we perceive it? How do we understand it? How does time work? It's like in it, and just like and it's his and it's also its history as well, and how and like how um, other how it's like it's. Um, like how how it is rec- recognized by other it's like by other um by but like by other practitioners of the me- of the medium in other continents primarily Japan because Cloud is big on manga as well and he gives it a um, major props here but reading um understanding comics I mean it's just to understand like hey you know like I really it's kind of like something that if you are a serious if you want to call yourself a serious comics fan and God knows anyone who read my review of um, God Hates Astronauts um, uh, earlier this week realized that you know, you know seriousness is not something I value all that highly um, it's like this is something that you need to read at some at some point because it's because um, it just breaks down the idea like I said it breaks down the idea of, you know what what do comics mean how do they work and just what and just like you know, why they are a medium, un- it's like unto themselves. Just from how he, um, just from how how McCloud breaks down you know, the comics, comics vocabulary from from, icon- from iconography to just why um, why we respond better to um, characters that are you know simpler, more cartoonish as opposed to as opposed to photorealistic. It's like it, it's like it, you know to how to to how time to his little his little pyramid about how. Um, you know, how things um, relate from reality to meaning to pictures. It's like, it's. I mean, it's like he, like he, he, uh, he breaks down things in a great scholarly way. That you know, even if you know, it does get get a bit, um, okay, yeah, you're you're you, you are kind of like lecturing me on this, but it's worth but it's worth reading because he also just just because the um, the information he, he imparts on it's like regarding regarding the medium itself. I uh, I went to a. Um, Let's see a um, panel at Anime Expo several years back by um, Jake Tarbox, who does lots of manga um, localization. How he talked about um, wanted to give it 
uh, like a, a book on uh, a panel on comic self defense, how to defend the comics you're reading to your like everyone you know. And basically, everything he said was from um, understanding comics. Just you know, for like I said, for how for how time how time um, progresses in, in it's like in comics, to how to, you know to how, to panel the panel layout, to how closure works, how you basically fill in the gaps yourselves um, from from your, from your perception from the from the different. Um, um, types of um, panel, panel progression. It's see, it's a really, it's a honestly, it's a fascinating and essential read for anyone who has been reading comics. Um, it's like for any extended period of time. It's like, and it's, and it, let's see, and and it just, I don't know. It's hard, kind of hard to put put into words a book that is completely about um, words. Let's see, words and pictures. But it remains an essential read. It's like it's like even today, just because like the lessons it teaches are just so so essential and and universal. And McCloud also remembers like, hey, you know, there that it's not all about just you know hammering people with information. There's also like you know just the simplest bit of irreverence, um, um, packed into it as well. So I mean, so basically, out of the three we're going to be talking about here, understanding comics um, is the one thing you need. To have in your library, I mean, chances are it's like you know if you're listening to this, you maybe already do, and I'm just being redundant here. But you know, if you do have understanding comics in your library, you know, I'm willing to bet that you may not have um, much else by McLeod in here. Now, I haven't read his subsequent works, um, making comics and um, reinventing comics, because they haven't. Um, I mean, been established as you know quite say the benchmark work that um, understanding comics is. In fact, McLeod got himself into a hot into some hot water years ago when he was talking about um, when he was um, advancing the idea of um, micropayments as a means for supporting um, web comics um, creators and that and this is, this is back in the day when um, you know series like when there were sites like Modern Tales basically put up all their um, work say um, their their series like say um, Shane and Gary's Great Narbonic um, behind paywalls and um, but then and he was just saying yeah this is like that. Just, um, dispensing, I say, like, you know, just a few cents every day is um, at a certain at a certain time. It's just kind of a good idea for for um, and for, for you know people for artists to survive. And you know, people like almost crucified for him for that. Considering the fa- and the biggest argument against that idea was the fact that you know you had series like um, Penny Arcade, Schlock Mercenary, Slinky Freelance that were all um, getting like you know they're all surviving um, on. Um, it's like on, on the, the the amount of um, on the audience they have, and just like making out money off merchandise and books and whatnot. And you know, when you talk about you know, putting up your work behind a paywall, it's like you know, you're saying like, hey, you know, my it's like this work has to be better than the stuff that I'm getting for free. And if you're saying that your work is better, and so hey, you're saying your work is better than say something like the Order of the Stick, <laughs> that's that's uh, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. Still, it's kind of worth noting how. Um, how things have actually come around to um, McLeod's um, theories um, in recent years, with the rise of crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter, and more more relevantly, on um, Patreon, which basically allows you to um, you know promote people for like a for a set amount of dollars. So, you know, in the end, you know, McLeod may like maybe having the having the last laugh here, and um, you know, it's like even like even then, it's like you know, he's he's even though he's best known for understanding comics. Um, he all, he's also a um, he is still a um, formidable um, talent in writing, writing and drawing his own work. In fact, um, his the series that um, got him 
got him noticed initially was a series called Zot um, back in the eighty the eighties um, and early early nineties. Story about you know about a girl named Jenny who wind and she winds up um, crossing into a par- parallel dimension that's like, kind of like an idealized um, futuristic version of our own, where you know everything uh, you know things are mu- things are much better, but you know there's still some is- issues as well. And um, she winds up bonding with um, it's like with um, Zot, who's kind of like a uh, superhero do-gooder. It's like of it's like of that world. And um, and the series Christy chronicles their their adventures together. Now, now a good chunk of the series, about twenty six issues, were reprinted in um, the complete black and white collection um, back in two thousand and eight. And um, this see, and um, this series, while it admits the uh, first ten issues, which are, as I understand, were basically a big um, chase scene trying to uh, get the key that unlocks this great treasure. Um, the uh, the twenty six issues that are collected here are are pretty entertaining, um, like pseudo superhero, pseudo superheroist, superheroistic um, fiction here in the sense that you know you've got um, this girl who is you know you know she's an ordinary girl like on our you know boring realistic world who gets to hang out with this great it's like with this great guy who's kind of like who's like uh, everything that you know this that our that our world is not it's like well, they have and there's like um, and there's like lots they have lots of fun adventures like sitting against the uh, like the uh, the, the, v- the various villains of the, like of the world, rather it's um, but it's Doctor Bellows, who is the uh, like the evil steampunk, steampunk villain who wants to um, who is bitter about how his um, how his contributions have just been ignored as his um, ultra pollutive stuff has been um, just um, disregarded in place of regular um, clean energy stuff. There's Zybox, the giant. It's like a giant robot who wants to take take over the world and basically bend bend humanity to his will. The, um, Nine Jack Nine, who is the um, te- technology technology run amok and um, basically works as a hired killer for the see for the highest bidder. And the Blot, who is you know cor- see um, corporate avarice um, given given physical form. These are all fun, really fun, entertaining superhero 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 type stories. And it's like it definitely benefits from the fact that you know they're not, um, you know, hemmed in by the fact that you know they're part of a shared universe um, from Marvel and DC. I mean, McCloud can actually take these stories in interesting directions. There's one point where the um, like one of the characters in the um, the Nine Jack Nine arc just gets vaporized right out of nowhere, and you're just wondering just what the hell happened here, or just you know taking the um, or just like how um, Zot winds up coming finding out about the whole concept of selling out. Like in his in his adventures with adventure against against the blot, the um, I mean these in like um, McCloud is kind of like he's pretty hard on himself um in the uh, commentary commentary sections which I love because I've said before I love um I love it when um creators actually take the time to like you know dissect their stuff and you know he he's kind of like you know, and McCloud is kind of like condescending on himself to the point where where he's kind of like yeah it's like there's some of this stuff holds up well others it's like I'm I, others it just makes them, it just makes them cringe, but you know overall it's like I mean the first um, let's see six seventeen issues are it's like are third are pretty entertaining um just good examples of you know the kind of like um, avant garde superhero stuff that was that people were trying out in the night in the eighties you know in it's like in the black and white black and white market from from studios like Eclipse you know before they went under and all and also the um the first half of the book, the first 17 issues are like heroes and villains, which is like 
superhero stuff. And it's also oh, in addition to the um stuff I mentioned, it's got a great two part um fill in that um McLeod did with um infamous artist Chuck Austin, you know, before he went to um write terrible, terrible Avengers and X Men stories. Um he did a uh two part fill in where um McLeod did the layouts and Austin did the fill in art, which is a um which even though um only uh um McLeod's um breakdowns are featured in this collection they still come up it's basically um zot trying to get to um level 99 like of a of a complex before it blows up and it's see it's a thr- it's a pretty thrilling experience you know it's like if i wonder yeah you know, i wonder what it would be like if see with see you know, with austin's um fil- um finished um work but still it's like it's it's pretty good work but then the you get to the uh what are called the Earth stories in the final in the final nine issues, and there's basically the stories of weapons when when Zot, who is um, who gets stranded on Jenny's on Jenny's world, our Earth, and has to live has to live there, and they just come face to face with all the uh, now you know travails and struggles that um, that, the, that the humans that the regular people here encounter. I mean, there's some there's some cute moments, such as such as when um, he. Like he asked, he, he seeks around Jenny's school, invisible. Or at one point, when he goes, um, looking for crime in one, like in New York, in one issue, and uh, that's that's the issue where um, where um, McLeod basically um, says in his commentary that he wants to take his old, his younger self and pat him on the head, saying, "Good job." But let's stick a bit closer to home next time. So it's kind, of, it's like it kind of works for you know for what it for what it is. But then you get some of the um, later stories, just when um, Jenny's mom. Um, has to confront the fact that she's that um her that she that that her, her divorce from her husband is going going to become final. And we get some in, information, some insight into her, like into her history with her husband and her like and her children. And then and also um we get um so, so we get information on um on the other on Jenny's other circle of friends like um comic book comic book geek Ronnie who is basically a stand-in for um McLeod and his buddy Kurt Kurt Busick. It's like and um. And Brandy, who is the, who strikes us, who um, comes off as like the most op- optimistic hippie ever, but that's all done just to mask um, some really crippling um, personal issues as well. And then you also got um, what got um, Jenny's friend Terry, who um, is struggling with um, with her sexual identity, and that's one of the, that's easily one of the best stories in it's like in the collection. It's like if because it's not only just deal with like these issues in a it's like an honest and believable way, but also the the ending is really special, and it's one of the pro- and it's a really great use of the comics form as well. It's like overall, you know, the uh, it's like the whole, um, McLeod's whole Zot collection. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 a picture of an artist who's just writer artist who's trying to uh, you know find his you know find his voice and trying. Trying out new new stuff in an era that rewarded experimentation, and it's pretty inter- and it's still pretty entertaining. It's like like all it's like all these year, years on, it's like it's yeah it's kind of, it's still kind of an artifact of its time, but but I enjoy it. But um, rereading it for this, I still enjoyed it, and it's also worth noting though that um, while McLeod said that he was he was prepared to uh, um, for understanding comics to um, like live in the shadow of his Zot work, apparently um, within a few months. Um, Zot became the series that um, he did before Understanding Comics, just to give you an idea of the influence that that um, Understanding Comics had 
you know, it's like at the t- in the time that it, that it come out. And you know, even though Cloud has done um, lots of random work um, since then, like writing some some of the Superman Adventures comics for DC, doing some online Zot strips and other work here and there, he hasn't really done a whole like real big um, graphic novel or extended work fiction, you know, since um, his since understanding comics, reinventing comics, and making comics. Then, um, then a couple of weeks ago, we got um, we got the sculptor. Sculptor is something that he has been work, had in the back of his head for a while, and um, he, and after years years of development, um, it finally it's like finally graced graced with we are finally graced with this presence. And I know that I said um, at the end of the last last podcast that I really liked it. I I liked it. It's like I still like it. But, uh, you know, it's, um, I guess my, I guess rereading it and letting it sit in my head has caused me to think that, yeah, it's, um, it's um, caused me to quantify it a bit, say a bit, say a bit more in the end. Because, let's see, it's it's a story of um, David Smith, who is an artist who is undergoing what can be charitably called a rough patch as, as we begin begin the story. It's like he's... He had a promising show at one point, but then he um, ha- he wound up um, having a big falling out with his with his sponsor, and has basically been struggling with um, other with other jobs, including flipping burgers, in order to um, it's like in order to make ends meet. Ever since ever since that fall- falling out, he just hasn't been able to you know get back on track since then. Then you know, he's celebrating his his birthday with his at say at a it's like at a place at a bar in New York, and um, it's like he's drowning his sorrows. He meets his hey, it's his great uncle Harry. It's like, and uh, he's, it's like he and he and um, so Harry shows up, and they start talking about what's going on. Give the reader some information about you know what David's current state, and um, David says, "Yeah, it's great seeing you, Uncle Harry. I haven't seen you since 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 you died." And that's when um, things things the whole the sculpt of the sculpt scope. God damn it. Of the sculptor um, becomes clear because Harry is actually um, death taking um, the form of of a human to experience what what life is like every couple thousand years, as opposed to you know every hundred years like like it was in um, Neil Gaiman's Some Sandman. I mention this because Gaiman uh, has a has a cover quote saying the best graphic novel I've read in years. Not um, what I would say, but um, I'd still but I still enjoyed it because. It takes because the uh, sculpt- sculptor takes us on a great, um, an epic personal journey for David as he um, tries to get back on track, like from the help of his from the help of his gay buddy Ollie, trying trying to get back into a human, it's like into human contact. Um, also being being the victim of a flash mob um, as a um, as he gets on the picture of a, it gets um, it's like he's um, he he's the he's the victim of a flash mob. Obviously, has a um, angel coming down to tell him that um, everything will be all right, and then when he meets the actual person who portrayed the angel later on, it's like he falls immediately in love with her. It's like and spends the rest, not spends a good portion of the novel trying to improve the um, validity of his love, except that um, the reason that um, death has come to meet meet um, David is that um, he wants to offer him a deal in the sense that. He'll give um, David the ability to sculpt anything he wants with his hands, um, except that, 
he will only have 200 days in order to do it. And um, after getting a, getting a taste of what he can do, um, David says, done. And so basically it become, becomes a race for David to just you know, make the most of these 200 days. You know, create, like, and it's not just about just, you know, find, like, creating the one singular work. He creates lots of great personal works, but um, it's not – but he's also just but, – but it's just like you know, not what not, – not, not the thing that's going to gain him – Again, the fame and recognition and the um, the approval that he that he desires, and also you know as he falls on more and more in love with Meg, you know how is he going to cope with um, her with the fact that you know hey, if I do love if I do um, you know say that I love her, I, you know what's she going to be? How's going to re- how's she going to respond when I I die without warning in two hundred days? So it's like you've got so you got some interesting setups setups here, and um. Like, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of familiarity to, to these to, to these things, but um, McLeod does a good, an excellent job of um, making David into um, the kind of character who, even if he is kind of kind of self-absorbed, socially socially awkward and inept, and um, he he is someone we can ca- it's like we can care about, it's like and ultimately respond to. Same same as with Meg, who um, which evolves into more than just being the. Um, you know, free spirit girl, the girl of um, David's dreams that um, that she initially com- comes off as. She's got her own issues as well, and um, David has to help deal with help help her deal with them as like as as time goes on. What um, the issue I have with this is that you know there is there kind of a certain familiarity to these concept to these concepts and how they play out, and um, there's nothing really genre busting about how. It's like how McLeod deals with them. I mean, it's like in I mean, like it's story does kind of follow a fairly conventional path. It's like throughout, but it's still worth reading because of the emotion. It's like in drama that um, McLeod successfully invests in the story, and he does it in a way that you know things don't that it never becomes you know that it, it it doesn't trigger my cynicism. It's like or skepticism about like about the story. The problem is that you know it kind of. Brushes up against the um, my issues with magical realism in a way that that Zot never did because while Zot basically establishes you know like um, the real world and the fictional world it's like in a um, it's like in a pretty clear and definite matter the um, David's ability and his um, conversations with death are kind of like pretty easy to segregate um, from most of the book in the sense that hey you know, you know people aren't you know observing him do this stuff but. You know, it's like, hey, so so it's like it's kind of like, you know, credibility in the world is preserved. But then you get to the end of the book, and the end of the story, and like David's using all this stuff in, like all his powers in full view of people in New York, and you're you're wondering like, what the? Why aren't people just saying, holy fuck, man? Why is he able to like you know manipulate all this shit with his hands and everything? And just saying, you know, why like this, why is this person who was who has this great great ability? Why is he? Um, it's like. Like, um, why is it? Why are people just like not just completely um, freaked out by all this stuff that's going on here? I mean, it's it just pushes against suspension, suspension, of, suspension of disbelief in um in bad ways for me, and that's that's kind of, and that's ultimately like you know what kind of that's kind of a deal breaker though. I mean, God knows like you look at the end, you get to the end, and it's hard not to be affected by um. Let's see by what by David's final um, work of art and his life and the skill that um, that 
the, in the moment we see his life flash before his eyes, I mean, it's like I said, it's hard not not to be affected by that. But in the end, you know, like, your suspension of disbelief has also been um, you know punched in the gut several times by that point. So, sculptor, you know. Last when I mentioned this on the podcast last time, I was kind of I was preparing to say, "Hey, we may have a contender for best of the year here." Now, it's good, but I'm kind of debating whether or not it'll actually make my top ten. So good, and definitely proof that you know, hey, for all you know, you know some while that you know they have that jackass who some somewhere some jackass said you know those who can't do teach and those who can't teach you know teach gym. And you know you could argue that hey you know maybe um, that's McLeod falls into that category, but I think between Zot and the sculptor, no, McLeod can do, but um, even he's going to be known as a teacher, you know, like like for the for the rest of his career, it's like he's his um, his actual comics work is definitely worth reading. So John, um, it's like any particular thoughts on your end about all this stuff? I think he just has. That's an interesting perspective for a comic uh, writer, artist. He's an artist, too. He does his own pencil sketches, right? Yeah, I mean, he, all the stuff I talked about here, he is writer and artist for all of them. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's an interesting perspective, you know. Um, you know, and fascinating. I've never, you know, really heard of him before, so um, I'll be looking into him. Cool. All right, so um, next time, though, next time, <laughs> I've got something I've been waiting Years, years, I tell you, to do, because um, that's because like because now that the um, Neon Genesis Evangelion manga is finally finished, I am going to have my buddy Rob, who years ago came on the show to talk about um, irredeemable and incorruptible with me, because while he is a big time comics and anime fan, he has not actually seen um, Neon Genesis, Genesis Evangelion, the anime. What? <laughs> yes. And um, when I told him this, I I went, I pressed him and said, "Hey, you know what? You, I want you to read the manga adaptation of it, and um, find out. And I want to pick his brain on just you know how does the manga hold up? You know, hold up when you haven't seen the anime and you don't have that that frame of reference to fall back on." All right. Well, stay tuned. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is assuming that he. Um, that you know that in the three weeks that I that he's had with the manga, that um, he'll be able he'll have finished it by the time we do this. Yep. So we'll see. All right, then we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later. All right.